Should Happiness Be Our Goal? Episode number 83. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back. Welcome to season three, everyone. That's right, season number three. 2018. Hello. Yeah, good Back at stuff. the Havana Cafe. Right, it's been a long time since we've been down here. Kind of, I mean, have I? It's been two weeks. No, I think, but it seems ages. I've done a lot in two weeks. You know, because yeah, you, know, you can yeah, cram a lot true. of stuff it's into true. two weeks. Yeah. And then, because when you say it like that, it seems like it's not been that long. <laughs> but when I was walking up to the front door, I was thinking, man, I haven't been here in ages. I don't even remember the place. So I was like, <laughs> ah, trying to re- reconnect. But you just go into another whole other operating mode when you... And usually if you're traveling and doing different things, the time seems longer. Like we were away in Scotland for mm. Christmas and we were only gone just over a week but it did seem like an absolute age that we were gone yeah it did like in a nice way we really felt like we got away yeah so that was yeah. good yeah I always like that so we are post Christmas now we're post, post New, Year. New Year Day and all those kind of celebrations and people are, are maybe in their the height of trying to be good with their New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah, definitely. Upstairs, when I was doing the reading and I got here a bit early, there yeah. was a whole group of guys, and one of them was like, oh, I've been to the gym more in the past week than I was. I went all last year. <laughs> but they say <laughs> okay. that um, uh, you know, by week number two, 80% of people will be off target. We gotta go, yeah, we got to go back to that episode we did on, maybe it was last year. Yeah, it was, yeah. Because we had all those statistics. For, yeah. I think if you make it, through the third month, you're golden. So you're good to go. Whatever your goals are, you got to make it through March, and then and then you're, you're good, good. Good to hook. Yeah. Yeah, but it's only there's day a, number four. <laughs> I know. There's a big <laughs> drop off. I think after uh, after well after the first couple of weeks, and then it was like mid Feb. Yeah. A lot of people start dropping That's off. It. We'll see how many people show up to my my yoga class. Ah, uh, yeah. It was packed out before the new year, so I don't know you what's going to happen. I'm going to say you should be really super packed. Then. Yeah, I think so. Ah, so I um, there's another thing that happens during this January period. So people are super motivated to do their intentions. So the gyms get really, really busy. But the other thing is that we're all starting to return back to work. So come next week, everybody will pretty much be back to work. And I remember at West Point when we would come back off of our Christmas break, mm-hmm. um, and then you settle into what we call the gloom period. Because there's no major holidays coming up. Yeah. So really all you got to look forward to is spring. So you got to get through the long old January, February. Yeah. And then you can start looking forward to spring come mid-Feb. Well, it's quite funny because, um, you know, when you live with young kids who don't hide their emotions or try and temper that feeling, yeah. like Christmas being over. My older son, who's just turned seven, had a massive meltdown a couple of days after Christmas because he was like convinced that I had hid some of his Christmas presents because in his imagination, the pile of presents that he saw when he came down stairs that morning was just enormous. Ah. He's like, looks around him and he's like, where are they all? After this all doesn't the packaging add up. and all the boxes I are know, gone. <laughs> exactly. And I think he just had that real like, I've been waiting for this moment for so long and now it's over and I can't cope. And it's just like, we all feel a bit like yeah, that, don't we? It. We just don't have a sort of massive meltdown. Yeah. Well, it. you say that, but you know, at work and it I remember silent, as a cadet, we used meltdown. to have that sort of meltdown period where 
yeah, just went into this sort of gloom and it was just like, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Now, that made me think about happiness because I've been seeing a number of different articles like on Medium and other places that I sort of surf at and there's a lot of uh, articles and blogs going out about increasing your happiness because I'm assuming probably that that may be top on people's resolutions as well, ha happier, healthier kind of life type thing. So I thought it'd be good to start off the new year talking about happiness. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. And I think it's a great question. Should happiness be our goal? Because there's a school of thought there that says happiness shouldn't be a goal. Well, there was a great quote by Aristotle that says... Happiness is the meaning and purpose of life, the whole aim and end of human existence. So, we okay. have to we have to um, argue against Aristotle. That's just yeah. a bit tricky. Well, because because um, okay, so the the the, um, the the counter thought is that happiness is a fluid state, and that people seek out happiness and they want to have that feeling all the time. But we're human and we got lots of different emotions, so you're not always going to be happy. So it's very fleeting. Yeah. So if you're chasing after happiness, then there's always that measure of disappointment because you can't maintain that state all the time. You can you can be happy and 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 be happy and so yeah, you can be happy, but that know that that state isn't gonna be hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's kind of more that. I think there's sort of two things, isn't there? There's sort of what we mean by happiness mm. and, and the way that we think about happiness now. Is that what Aristotle meant? Yeah, true. And then also, you know, a lot of the points that people were making in these articles that I read were was that happiness can't be a goal because it's not definable and achievable. You know, like, you, like you're saying, the goalposts are sort of always moving it's not something that you know like in the last episode we did before we broke up for christmas and new yeah. year you had that whole six stage like if you're setting a goal make sure yeah, that yeah, it's absolutely. you know under your control and you so know we're at all the that kind of stuff outcomes, exactly yeah. and so happiness actually doesn't is it you know it can't fit into any of those things because it can't be defined particularly by like specific but what do we mean things. when we and say the, and then happiness? Basically, with with goals, you sort of have to know, like you were saying then, you have to know when you've achieved it, don't you? You have to be able to sort of measure that, yes, I have achieved this, or, yeah. or know that you've achieved it. Whereas, like you're saying, happiness is a it's coming a and going thing. Yeah. It's a, like a, it's like a, like the tide. Mm. It comes in. And I was listening to some... Um, on being coming in and one of the com part of the conversation the podcast by Krista Tippett yeah that's yeah. it yeah one of the one part of part of that conversation was how you can be in the state of happiness but that also means being able to embrace any emotion so you can be overall happy but you might have a sad day you might be right down yeah. or you uh -huh. might be depressed or you might be anxious yeah but your overall state of being is right. happiness right but you're not so because it because we're probably interchanging happiness and happy aren't we well yeah. i think also let, let's talk about what, what we mean by happiness yeah. too because i think there's that i think defining what we mean is actually 
you know, well, most of the game, really. I'm looking at um, Wikipedia here, and it says in psychology... Good, good old Wikipedia. Yep, happiness is a mental or emotional state of well-being, which can be defined by, among others, positive or pleasant emotions ranging from contentment to intense joy. Happy mental states may reflect judgments by a person about their overall well-being. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's the crux of it. So some people say, I just want to be happy. But what they're looking for is, is a... Is happiness. A, well, what, yeah. What I think what, what a lot of people mean, and I suppose what sometimes I mean when I say happy, is a sort of... Ecstasy is the wrong word, mm. but it's that kind of really excitement. You know, I think that a lot of my yoga training and stuff has made me see emotions quite differently and in yoga and in and, and, and meditation they often see emotions just as, as ki different kinds of energy and sensation and, and mixed with thought processes so which, which come and go and are totally natural and all, and all fine so if we think about it in that way what we often mean by happiness is this real surge of like probably serotonin and like a kind of up state. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like excited and sort of. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, but that's what I would call Whereas, happy as opposed to happiness, mm, maybe. Maybe, yeah. If I'm going with this definition, this yeah, is almost yeah, yeah. a state of well being. So your right. overall well being can be up there, happiness. Right. Whereas, whereas that. The kind of happiness that maybe Aristotle meant and which is a little bit more achievable, I suppose, or, or able to be in our lives all the time in a more yeah. consistent way is not that same energetic up. Yeah, it's not the you know? happy. It's not that woo! Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's not ha happy. Yeah. happy versus sad. So. Because yeah. sometimes we ask people, well, what do you want out of life? I just want to be happy. Which I think that's the, that's the element where you can't be happy all the time. But I think you could have happiness. So I'm, I am, I'm refining my statement earlier to that your mm. question about happiness. Um, and I think it's the happiness can be a goal, but being happy as a goal all, all the, the time, time. Yeah. is not realistic and probably not very human. And, and the like, because you it would mean suppressing all your other emotions as well. Well, yeah. One of the articles that I actually really enjoyed reading, and I'll put up on the show notes, is um, called Why I Stopped Making Happiness My Goal um, by a woman called Vanessa Scoto, I think. And she makes a really good point about how often when we say our goal is to be happy, we're actually running away full steam from discomfort. And mm. so it's not... It, it's, a, it's a desire driven out of a fear and aversion to, or, to whatever's going on in our lives. And you never, and her point is, you're never going to get happy by avoiding the challenges that, that are in your life. Yeah. So, it, you know, if that's, if that's the motivation, getting out of, if, if it's like, this discomfort cannot go on, I just want to be happy, that, that motivation or that source 
you have to kind of look at that, I think. Yeah, no, I get that. I get if you're chasing after the specific state of happy. Because I was thinking about something else that we, because we got the contemplation challenge going on right now. And one of the quotes that we have in there, I think that was from Aristotle as well, wasn't it? About contemplation being the highest form of mm -hmm. happiness. Yeah. Um, and as I think about the Greeks, one of their, the ancient Greeks anyway, one of the big things was about the good life. Yeah. And again, happiness being um, def defined as in terms of living the good life. Right. And then, of course, you can then specify and be more specific about what the good life is. Of course, we can have a whole other yeah, yeah. philosophical conversation about what constitutes a good life. But then if you have all those elements within it, um, then your overall state of well-being or happiness is up versus if some of those things are missing, then your overall state of well-being is down and your happiness factor is probably not there. But right. I suspect even if your happiness factor is down, you could still be happy. Because I could go out to the pub at some instance and I'm with my friends and for that moment, for those 10 minutes or a half hour, right. I'm happy. Yeah. But then when I come out of that state, I might go into an even further crash because my overall state of well-being or happiness is, is, low. is, is very low. That's a really interesting point. And I was sort of thinking as you were talking about how, you know, it's not a new idea to say that we link the wrong things with what makes us happy, you know, in this consumer society and buying mm. stuff. We have that. As soon as we get a new thing, we feel that kind of rush of, ooh, this is so great, you know. And then we get buyer's remorse. <laughs> well, oh, not when, you buy, not when you buy a new Mac. Well, you buy a new Mac, but then, well, probably not you. And I used to be bad for this. You buy the new Mac, and then, of course, they come out with another version. And oh, all no, that sudden, doesn't bother me. Yeah. Then the next thing you know, your thing's obsolete, and you oh, want, no, that you want the next me, yeah. shiny thing. But, but yeah. you know, I think that, you know, like what you're saying is that you have that surge of what is probably hormonal and, and kind of, you know... That's just an emotion, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so then it, it's sort of this reinforcing loop where... The things we associate with happiness are sort of redefining what we think happiness is. Mm. And so we're sort of caught in this loop of sort of chasing the wrong thing in all the wrong places. Yeah. So we're chasing that rush that is fleeting in places where you can get the rush, but it doesn't last. Yeah. And, and so we've redefined in our head mm. what happiness is and actually... What we need to do is kind of redefine it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at happiness is just a rush. It's just a hit. And that you, happy, yeah. Yeah, the, the happy yeah, yeah. is just a hit. You get it and you feel all elated and you're, and you're in that space and everything, everything seems right with the world. And, but it's, it, it is very fleeting. It, it can't last. But we seem to chase it and maybe consumer society pushes us the way that's out. I watch a movie, or you know, yeah, you just need the comments, next thing because just, yeah, yeah. I, need, yeah, listen, yeah. yeah I, I need something to try and elevate yeah. my happy, yeah, that happy yeah. state back. And you know what's so funny is that like just accepting that there's a difference between those two things, and accepting that that happy is just an emotional kind of rush that is inevitably going to have a sort of slide down the other side of the mountain type feel to yeah. it like you know whether it's oh now you know we're back to work or um you know we had a great time at the pub but now it's over or whatever and you know it's so funny because i had this thing this is sort of 
I had this thing with my, my son last night on his like little you know game computer thing. Yeah. Because every time he comes off, either watching TV, and this is so common, you, you stop watching TV or you stop playing your video game, and it's like for the next five minutes, he's insane. He's like just really like his worst self, you know? Yeah. And he's like raging at me and, you know, wanting more and stuff. And actually, I got really, really mad in this big sort of argument with him last night because he was rude, you know, and so he, he yeah. was cut down. But actually, I sort of had to rethink about, I think I need to just let him rage for a few minutes and just ignore it. And then he sort of comes out of that phase. And I read this article about how all the social media and all the games and all that stuff has that addictive quality to it where it drives your serotonin yeah, levels no, up. And when you yank it away, you have a, a chemical drop in your brain for those few minutes mm. afterwards that obviously can affect children more because they're just so like animals of, you know, just reactive. And yeah, it's sort of interesting. Just, I suppose what I'm when I'm linking this in my in my own head to happiness is the idea that you sort of have to accept these up and downs that don't really have to do with your overall happiness. Yeah. So the up and down of quality of happy is just a part of life, but yeah, you know, quality of life as in happiness can still be relatively high even if you're sad. And, yeah, exactly. And 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 I suppose again that it's like part of well-being and being and having a sort of more consistent feeling of happiness overall requires you to accept that it's okay to be sad some of the time or it's mm. okay to be you know Mad. have that dip yeah or anxious or any yeah, of those yeah, sort yeah. of states or you know part human aspect and you were mentioning about the sort of social media and the likes and things like that so that whole sort of dopamine thing isn't it so oh, that's what it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah totally and and you know we we seek it and we want more of that and a lot of these sites i think we talked about this before on one of the prior episodes where um some of it's built into the product itself so take twitter for instance and it, you know you look on your phone and you look for the little red dot to oh, say yeah. that you've got some of course messages. you do. You want to see if anything exciting has happened. But when you go on to in your it, fake world, there is a slight delay, and you'll become aware of this mm. now that I mention it. But that's mm -hmm. a deliberate delay because it makes you anticipate even more to see if I'm gonna. Is that number gonna? <laughs> what's the number gonna be? But Who's it's trying a delay. to contact me? Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the number, and then you go, and then of course you've got you know all the likes and things like that that increases your dopamine, and then. You feel happy for those states, or depressed because um, yeah. you know I didn't get any likes, and, and I you know look at some of the behaviors of some of the teenagers and things. I'll put a picture up, and if it doesn't have the right amount of likes in the yeah. right amount of time, they'll take it down. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you know, so yeah, I suppose that's the way to look at it. Is those up and downs are just you know sort of dopamine just just a spike, you know, yeah, yeah, just a rush, yeah, just, just like a, spikes, a sugar yeah. rush, baby. Boom, yeah. I get it. I mean. <laughs> You know, when I was reading this article and thinking about all this stuff, this idea about if we've got the goal of, cha of, of being happy, then we're constantly making short-term decisions that will make us happy in the moment, yeah. but that don't necessarily lead to happiness overall yeah. in the long term or, or our well-being. And sort of, you know, again, she sort of focuses on the fact that actually facing our challenges can be painful but rewarding, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, 
So basically, yeah, I just, you know, I suppose in, in my own life and in my own sort of practice with my meditation and stuff, there's also this same idea that happy, like what they define as happiness is freedom from these mental, what they call poisons, which are, you know, the desire and aversion are two. And so, you know, as we are pulled towards the certain things and pushed away or, you know, repelled from other things that we don't want happen, we don't want in our lives, we, you know, whatever, that, that itself is like an enslavement that makes us not happy. Yeah. So it's not about, again, it's not about trying to get that spike to keep going up or to, to stay at that high. It's about taking yourself out of an attachment to those fluctuations. Yeah. And I think it's, it's in foc- in refocusing on the overall state of well-being, mm-hmm. of happiness, knowing that inside of that there's waves in that, but your overall state of well-being is, is, is happiness. Now, I'm going to say let's take a quick break because I'd like to come back and talk about a couple of things in relationship to that. So I'd like to talk about this authentic happiness from Martin P. Selegman. Um, and, and I guess that ties into the Greek stuff as well in terms of what is the good life and this overall Yeah, it's sort of, of like, well-being. okay, so there's this, so now what, how? How is yeah, it that yeah. you get into that state of well-being? Yeah, yeah the happiness, the yeah. happiness factor. Okay, let's take a quick break. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. Our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience, our community of contemplators like you, and we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks and back to the show. Okay, so great. So just want to delve into um, this idea of authentic happiness. Probably, well, if I go back, trace my sort of history with this book, 2010, because I... Uh, when we started looking at this, I thought, oh, yeah, I remember writing a blog post on it. We could link to that in the, the sort of show notes. But it was interesting to see over time how I've changed. So I took it in 2010, 2013, 2018. So overall, just to give a concept of what authentic happiness is. Um, so Selegman, what he looked at and said, okay, well, what is this well-being He's a, he's a, psychologist, a psychologist who works at yeah. U- University of Pennsylvania, is Absolutely, that right? Yeah, yeah okay. and we can include the link to, if yeah. you wanted to take this test yourself, because he's doing a whole bunch of research, and he's been doing this for a while, so when you do take the test, it kind of contributes to the research as well. But basically, he looked at both Eastern and Western traditions and literature and said, okay, well, what are the, the elements in here that contribute to this overall state of of well-being and if you link it back to the Greeks and they were thinking about virtue and what were those qualities of virtue when we talk about good life aspect but then he also looked at eastern traditions as well and he came up with six six virtues um, and they're wisdom, courage, love justice, temperance and spirituality and if you map that against um, 
further break those down, he identified 24 characteristics overall. So if those top six are the major virtues that constitute good life and having those in balance, you can break those down further to 24 characteristics. Can you give me the six again? Yep, the six are um, wisdom, courage, love, justice, temperance, spirituality. Okay, and temperance is sort of like balance, isn't it? It's like not overindulging. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of in that sort of space. So, um, and then basically what he's saying here is that a lot of times we try and, especially when you're looking at your goals and things like that, we're trying to overcome negatives. So we're talking about focus on your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And your weaknesses highlight your deficiencies. And then, of course, that brings you over all down because you're in a state of lack. I don't have this. And therefore, uh, right. my life is not complete. Right. And so, and until those weaknesses are gone, you are not at your best and you're not happy and on the, that sort of things. But he says that we should focus on our strengths and, and not focus on the weaknesses. So focus on what you're, what he calls signature strengths and because those are the things that um, are intrinsically valuable to you in your life. And if you have them, then your overall <laughs> state of well-being will be, your happiness level yeah, will be Yeah, that's up. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus focusing on all, all the negative stuff. So he encourages you to identify what your signature strengths are and then reorient your life to have more of and increase those signature strengths. I really like that. Yeah, and it's a good way to focus. And um, if I just, I don't know if we got want to go through all 24, we could kind of link to it, but... Um, if you were mapping them out, so you got wisdom and knowledge, and that's about your cognitive strengths that entail the acquisition and the use of sort of knowledge. And he broke those further down into your creativity, uh, there's curiosity, there's open-mindedness, and then there's love of learning and a perspective on wisdom. So that's what constitutes that bigger block of, of wisdom. And okay. When you, and when you take the test, it'll kind of identify the, the so specific there's, uh, So one. there's basically two tests. One, The only one I took, you took the is the happiness. overall authentic happiness. And yeah. then you can take another test that identifies what your signature, signature strengths, strengths are. are. Yeah. Right. And then the, the, the sort of idea is that you, you play to those rather yeah, than absolutely. focusing on the the And the authentic yeah. happiness one is probably less valuable because they're only just starting with which is So if you've seen the data points on that and if you read the, the script, they can't offer you much to it because it's, it's only really at the very start of it. So it just kind of gives you the best you can get is in relationship to people by those categories, by your age, by your demographic that you're as right, happy as right. 60% of the people that fall into this education level. I see. Yeah, so there's right, not a lot okay. of data in this, whereas this is, this signature strength has been going for a while. Okay. And, and there's a lot of sort of data points on that. So courage then breaks down is about uh, emotional strength that involves the exercise of will to accomplish your goals, um, to accomplish your goals in the face of opposition, either externally or internally. And you can break those down into the categories of bravery, Persistence, integrity, and vitality. Hmm. Okay, give us one more. Yeah, and then you've got um, humanity, which is the interpersonal strengths that involve attending and Wait befriending Wait a minute, are we others. still? Yeah. yeah, you're still on the ones. I'm not sure why I switched from, um, I think, love. Oh, we're in love. To humanity, yeah. Right, okay, love, yeah. yeah. Because I think the reason why I put humanity there, because then the three categories of humanity are love, 
kindness, and social intelligence. Right, okay. Yeah, 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 and we might as well finish off the other two. And yeah, so you have justice, which is civic strengths that underlie healthy community life. And that breaks down to citizenship, fairness, and leadership. Then temperance is strengths that protect us against excesses. Mm-hmm. And that breaks down to forgiveness and mercy, Ooh, humility and modesty, prudence, self-regulation. And then the very last one, so spirituality, but listed here as uh, transcendence. So that's about the appreciation of beauty and excellence, gratitude, hope, humor, and spirituality. So when you take this test, there's 240 questions on this test. Okay. So have to carve out a little bit of time to, to take it. So it's 240 questions, and you don't get a result until you've answered all um, 24. And at the end of that, it'll give you what your t- top five strengths are. So um, when I took this test in t- 2010, my top five signature strengths were curiosity uh, and interest in the world around me, social intelligence, love of learning, capacity to love and be loved, and then forgiveness and mercy. And then I took it this morning, and they've shifted. So love, mm-hmm. of, love of learning was my top one. My second was curiosity and interest in the world. My so third, those two are pretty similar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and then number three was humor and playfulness. And my fourth one was social intelligence and fifth, fairness, equity, and justice. Interesting. Okay, right. Yeah, well, number five was interesting to me as well. And I'm just, and as I looked at it, I took it also in 2013. Um, The two that are consistent across all three times I've taken it are love of learning and the curiosity and interest in the world. So I had a Hence the Havana Cafe Session podcast. Hence what we do here. (laughs) Hence. You know, that's like a no-brainer for me. I like looked around my room and I looked at, you know, all the books everywhere, 10,000 books and all the, yeah. So, yeah. man, no-brainer there. So I was, I was surprised by fairness, equity, and justice. Mm-hmm. But I think, I, in fact, I can account for that outlier, thinking about the kind of political climate and stuff that mm-hmm. we're in and all the sort of things that have been going on. It's kind of called into question for me about right. what's fair and just and... How come yeah. some people can get away with stuff and others can't? And right, so I right, think right. that's been high on, you know, in my mind um, of late. And then I can look back on both of these and see the outliers for me. Like on the first time I took it, forgiveness and mercy was an outlier for me. Right. Because I would have never th- forgiven this. I mean, I ain't forgiven. <laughs> so it was, a, it was an outlier for me. I was like, where the heck did this come from? Right. But I can kind of think what was going on in my life, why that would have made sense. Um... Yeah, so I think mm. what you're basically saying then is it's worth taking the test because it's reorienting you to your strengths and the things that are positive. Yes. You know, I think for me, I honestly believe one of the reasons that I scored fairly high on that authentic happiness test, because apparently I'm, I'm fairly happy, yeah. <laughs> is uh, that I've made a conscious effort in recent years and particularly over the last year to tell a positive story Mm. and that doesn't mean that I'm sort of denying stuff that's gone on because for instance this past year my father hasn't been very well so that's been a a big challenge and you know not you know whatever Um, you know so everyone's got you've, you've always got kind of stuff going on but with any you know and I think this is maybe another podcast we should episode we should do but 
there's always a, a, a kind of infinite number of ways that you can tell the story of what's happening in your life or the story of an event or what it means or whatever. Mm. And I've just decided I'm going to, you know, it's sort of like the, the, I'm going to tell the glass, glass half full story yeah. about things. And I sort of, it's my way of coping with things as well is to, because I think, you know, when I go off and do my writing and stuff, there's a lot of like boogeymen in your head that can sort of get in and tell you that your stuff you're creating is shit and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And actually my coping mechanism for that is to just ignore it and to continually reinforce the positive. And it's not that that's not there, but I, I think that sometimes those voices compel us to talk about those voices with other friends like oh I'm really nervous about yeah, this yeah. or you know and, and it sort of creates it gives it energy there it does mm. it does and so yeah anyway it's, yeah. It, it's, it's I guess I'm linking that back to play to your strengths and play and, and focus on what you're good what's good about you yeah you know rather and than always focusing on having you have to improve stuff your that weaknesses you're, yeah. yeah and I think um, like with the authentic happiness one not the signature strength one um you, I think it just reiterates the idea that there's a difference between happy and happiness. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. you mentioned, you know, you've got some things that are going on that aren't necessarily happy things, but that doesn't make your overall happiness go down. It just means whenever you're dealing with those things, maybe you're not that happy because it's not it, a happy There's a capacity, situation. I think, that, you, that is possible to feel a sense of well-being hmm. and still... Be, it's almost like you can allow yourself to be sad more because you can bear it. Well, see, I like sadness, do you know? I think I do some of my most creative stuff when I'm in that space. Mm. Um, so it's not a... It's, I don't... Then you'd be with the... Who, was it all the... Um, well, it was all the existentialists that talked about the value of despair versus happiness so there you go that's probably why i I relate or or they resonate with me for that very Mm -hmm. reason because i admit that for the longest time you know when people say oh what do you want what do you want out of life oh i just want to be happy and that was never i've never sought happiness was never a goal of Mm. mine so i never really thought about it or cared about happy or happiness for Mm -hmm. that that matter i don't know why but it just never i didn't really it wasn't your thing it wasn't my thing yeah um, I'm, kind of, you know, I think now having had conversations and separating out ha- happy and happiness, so I know that I never really cared about being happy. That was never a goal or something that I chased. But I, my state of happiness or well-being was always high because I was. You I sort was, of didn't call it that, but yeah, yeah, I didn't call it that, and and I think it was because of, for me, this the overall state of understanding of. I don't, I don't even know what to call it understanding. That's kind of hard to articulate. I think, I think, well, some of that existential stuff, I suppose, came in where I had this, once I, I guess, reconciled with the fact that, and I know, you know, we, this could be another podcast, that there is one that is an illusion, that it's a game, it's all, it's all stuff. Right. And it doesn't actually really matter. <laughs> So you have to define what all these characteristics and things are. What are you going to, you know, focus on and what's going to be important to your life? You've got to figure that out. And once you know that, and I feel that those things um, have an arbitrariness to them, 
Um, so I'm not trying to make anything absolute because they are arbitrary. But I think once I kind of grasped that, then it made it easy for me to embrace all of the ups, downs, and all those mm-hmm. other things um, as just a part of the human condition and the thing that makes us who we are, and just embrace every embrace it all. Yeah. Yeah. There's a the way that this article that I really liked. Um, why I stopped making happiness my goal ended and she sort of says this is her, her quote set your compass instead towards meaning aliveness and inspiration whatever works for you and get you you awake and in the game and I really liked that because it's sort of about you know ha- the, the sense of well-being and happiness coming from a life that fits you mm. you know and, and like you say if you if you take the test of your strengths and then you allow your like your own self to define what you're going to focus rather than a lot of these external pressures about what you need to be or what you need to improve about yourself or what you shouldn't be that you are Mm. and you know you you sort of come at it from that other angle you're looking for a life that fits you it's not like an overall this is good and this is bad do you know the thing that messes us up though Hmm. and you alluded to it in the first half is there's a societal pressure for what the good life looks like well, and we had that conversation coming down downstairs, didn't yeah. we? Where it was like, is it going to be a successful year? You're going to make lots of money? Yeah, well, like, that, that's mm. just it. So, I mean, yeah. so I think there's that pressure there. Because as I was looking at this list and thinking about my strengths, almost immediately, and I can hear other people would probably have the same thinking, would be, well, how do you make money out of that? <laughs> yeah. Because, we're, our, you know, part of the condition that we're in is you got to have money to live. Yeah. Even to the smallest kind. I mean, if you want to eat, Unless you live out in the woods somewhere and you can hunt and trap and fish or grow vegetables. (laughs) You you, you gotta eat and the exchange on the market for getting something to eat is generally money. So depending on how much of that will depend on how much you can eat, right? And the same with a house. So you could live in a tent in the woods somewhere, but if you want to live anywhere in society, the more money you have, the better house that you can have around you, that sort of thing. So we kind of have a system that says the good life is having bigger of these things or more of these things or even just having there's a lot of people that don't own their own home or have a home or you know yeah. so even just having something like that that means that's the, the good life and so when you, we start to think about happiness so and you know you always hear they say that you know happiness in fact one of my favorite sayings you know that happiness doesn't uh, money doesn't buy you happiness you mm-hmm. can kind of hear that um, and there was a saying that someone said and I can't how does it go? It was um, people who think money buys happiness haven't been rich enough long enough. Right. Um, and I kind of can't remember who said that, but it was because you see a lot of people that have lots of money and they're exactly right. They're not happy. Um, there's some other demons or other things that they're chasing. That that's well, Joe, kind of Joe there. upstairs said, uh, Joe said upstairs. Oh, Mike. it. Mike. Which one? Which one are you talking I don't about? Because anyway. you just made oh, a lot yes. of names. There's a lot of different people <laughs> That's upstairs. True. There is a Mike upstairs. There is a Joe upstairs. Mike, there is Mike a Trevor giving, upstairs. Mike, Mike upstairs was telling me um, the joke about, because uh, I was talking to him about this when I first came in, mm. saying, what's better, to be poor and unhappy or rich and unhappy? 
And his answer is to be poor and unhappy because at least there's the hope that money will one day make you happy or something. So that's it's a good like, way to yeah. look at it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you have hope, exactly. I guess if you um, don't have hope, then there's, yeah, the, all other things going to fall out of But yeah, so I guess going back yeah, to what I was like saying. Yeah, it's like where you get that, trapped from, yeah. It's like looking at that and if, if the pursuit of, so there's a, a corruption, I guess, that the pursuit of happiness is having. Yeah. Uh, the, the good mm-hmm. life, the luxury life, being a, you know these these things that you can go on holiday and you can do yeah. all those. So that's that has become the pursuit of happiness. And so then when we look at the state of happiness, or so what are these qualities? So if I listed those five, and none then, of those are necessarily going to make you money. They're going to make you. They'll yeah, make you totally. happy, or and increase or increase your well-being. They make you your happiness level up, but they won't necessarily make yeah. you money yeah and there's that pressure then how do you balance that how do you balance that well, out this yeah so you know and 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 sort of measured with that as well is the way that nations decide what is how they're doing you know so we have mm. the gross national product which is the you know it's all about the money it's all about the, the numbers about how well you're doing as a mm. nation but, um, you know, so we were talking about this. Um, and I How actually, much stuff you can buy. Well, exactly. So um, there's this other index come up with called um, the Gross National Happiness, which is originally come from Bhutan. And the, the king of Bhutan basically put that out there as a, this is how we're going to measure our country's success, yeah. is by how well we're doing on Gross National Happiness. And it's sort of a rejection of that consumer society thing and it's a buddhist nation it's Mm. if people don't know bhutan sits above india and below china and sort of near tibet so they've got a lot of sort of influences and they've got a lot of big characters there Mm. um but basically so i got i got a um book on bhutan because i'm some of the stuff i'm writing it's my fun research but basically um this gross national happiness so coined in the 1970s by the king of bhutan he has set four central tenets that are in the constitution of bhutan which i think is so cool one is and this is just you read through it and it's so different than our world right yeah. especially right now one is sustainable and equitable social economic development the second is environmental conservation and loads of, uh, the, like, tons of areas in Bhutan are, are conservation areas. Third is the preservation and promotion of culture. And fourth is good governance. So it's like there's a responsibility taken by the government to say, good, in order to achieve what we want to achieve, which is gross national happiness, I need to, there needs to be good governance. Yeah. Which, you know, that's... <laughs> quite the opposite to what's happening in many places in the world yeah. right now. Well, I would say good governance is probably part of the problem that we have now in the West, though, isn't it? Because the different parties disagree on what good governance is. Hence, you get poly- party politics. No, they do. I think, I think what I would say is that yeah. they disagree about what to do, but they're not concerned about good governance. Like, good governance like means... A working government. Yeah, no, I think which, they're, which they're concerned isn't about really that, but they think it should be done in different ways. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I think that's that's that, anyway, there yeah. you go. And then, you know, like well, what you I, I suppose say, the way I'm before, tying before you go off yeah. of that, I was gonna say that because there was uh what it, so I think it was Tony Blair here they did a, a happiness survey. Mm-hmm. I believe we done one in the States, but um, if you Google this at any rate, apparently 
um, even though we have more abundance, more rich or richer compared yeah. to our grandparents and stuff like that, our happiness level is actually lower than when they had less material so they, wealth. So they, yeah, they had less material wealth, but yeah. they had more time with their families, for yeah. instance, so, probably. Yeah. And so they we're, had, we're, even though yeah. we have all this thing, you know, this money, this happiness, yeah, yeah. material wealth's up, but our happiness is down. Yeah. So. More security as well in jobs and stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Had yeah. all those sort of factors of... Um, Other things. Yeah, Maslow's yeah. aspect, isn't it? And I, like I, your knees were probably met a little bit better. I think that, I suppose, the, the point that I'm making about the Bhutan thing and the national or gross national happiness factor is that it's sort of reinforcing how we define the good life and happiness is on a social level as well. So we, we mm. need to take responsibility as an individual, but it's okay to recognize that there's a massive push within our society to define it in a different way. There's and that's sort of part of the problem. Yeah. I think most of the problem maybe. In, in, um, I just put some stuff out yesterday where I was working at, um, and there's this whole thing with the um, millennials. So in businesses, it's happening as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, it isn't money that's motivating people and it isn't um, some of these other other factors. So one of the things that they were saying in this particular um, article and piece that I was working on yesterday is that the millennials particularly want to have a sense of meaning, that the work right. that they're doing is meaningful. Right. And that the company that they're working for um, a, a accommodates that sense of meaning and, and belonging to something or a group as opposed to just focus on numbers yeah. or making money or moving up the chain is that that sense of purpose and meaning in the work that they yeah. that they are are doing um, and in a, just a way that that we're talking about defining what happiness is so, and there's a big population now isn't it, the millennials they account for like 40% of the workforces in a lot of places but they have a different concept or definition of what that means versus us generation Xers and some of the um, mm. guys before us that are hanging on in there as well will have a concept of. So it's, yeah, I think, and so you've got that in the workplace, you've got that in government, you've got that in your own sort of personal life. How are we defining well, these, I think, uh, these what, measures? The thing that I found one of the most sort of, I suppose it's sort of obvious, but helpful things about this happiness is not necessarily the goal is that happiness is a byproduct of other things in your life. Mm. And so, so again, just to come, you know, swing all the way back to the beginning of this conversation where we said, you know, happiness in itself is a sort of amorphous kind of thing. It's really hard to, to clearly define, but there are other places in your life and other goals that you can actually set that in and of itself you don't strive for happiness but if you take care of your health and you you know manage your expectations and you find work that is fulfilling and you know you you check these yeah, different boxes yeah. actually the byproduct is happiness yeah so yeah i suppose that that's sort of my like overarching takeaway from from like the reading and, yeah. and the conversation is actually don't set happiness as your goal. Yeah. Happiness is going to come to you when you set certain other goals and yeah. you reorient yourself, including to play to your strengths and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I guess I would just refine it 
slightly for myself would be don't chase being happy right, that yeah, high yeah, the dopamine yeah. oh, I gotta, yeah, I gotta yeah. be feeling in this happy state all the mm-hmm. time I need to be feeling like I'm on holiday all the time mm-hmm. um, instead chase after the good life however you define that so that your overall well-being stroke happiness is yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then you can ride the emotional highs and lows happy, sad, anxious mad, glad all the other range of human emotions that we have you can ride the ups and downs of those um, but inside of this overall state of yep. of high level of happiness um, which going to these sort of signature strengths is like yeah okay if I have these things because I was just looking at that as you were saying what you were saying and I was thinking if if these things if I weren't allowed to do these things especially these top two then I would hate life and then, yeah sort of love of learning yeah, and stuff yeah. Here, yeah take away your, take your away swamp books of books and stuff yeah. like that. then I would hate life weren't allowed to you know be playful and that sort of thing would not like life um, you could take away fairness equity and justice for me because <laughs> we just need to change the politics maybe I need to maybe I should put on my thing to be, become an activist I've, I've always strayed away from it I can be another top I don't, I don't want to drag this out but I was just thinking I should do something about number five maybe um, yeah yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, this has been a great. Human. All this Havana Cafe stuff is making me more human than I ever used to be. Okay. Well, I'll take that as a positive sign. Uh, no, I don't want to be human. I like being an alien. Well, we'll try and think of something um, more alienish for the next episode. Yeah. So, shall we mention about the contemplation challenges going on? It's never too late to join. Yeah. So, if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, that means you like our podcast and you will like the contemplation challenge all you need to do is go to our website havanacafesessions.co.uk and tell us where what email address you want us to send the contemplation challenges to they come every day um and just a little like thought for you will people start at the beginning yeah, yeah. if they join yeah, yeah. now yeah so, they'll yeah, yeah. Start. so you just it, yeah. whenever you decide to join it's the next 30 days from it's that so you just day. start start going okay awesome good and with that folks it's time for another coffee and um, see you next week see you next week for the alien topic yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey everybody thanks for listening to the podcast we really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years we have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience our our community of contemplators like you and we'd really appreciate your help In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.